So uh, episode 52. Welcome to episode 52. Uh, we got uh, 52 weeks of this. A whole year? No, no, not really. No, no, it, ha- it hasn't been. Um, episode two was March 21st of 2019, and we're still in February. So we got a week to go. A couple of weeks. Okay, but but this is episode fifty-two. How how have we not done an entire year? Well, London. When we did the London episode, that was two shows in one week, so we we double counted there. Okay, plus episode one was was in two thousand and seven. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that there's anything funny here, but can guarantee you that COVID time sucks. Well, you know, this this year took three weeks longer than we thought it did. Yeah, that that seems about right. <laughs> well, p- plus we we lost two full weeks by you telling that terrible Urban Meyer story last week that I ended up cutting. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, good point. Oh, and uh, yeah, the nice edit. Good job. <laughs> Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where they can't all be winners. But thanks for joining us anyway. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Another week in the books. Another another week in the 57-week year that we apparently are doing. <laughs> somehow, somehow we've managed to completely screw up <laughs> counting. And, and yet, and yet everybody's going to go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like these guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, to, on to feedback, follow-up, and updates? Yes, I think so. <laughs> on that note, on that high note. Yeah, <laughs> toddler number one wanted to know which one of us wrote last week's cold open, the one with all the RuPaul stuff. Okay, so so my my initial my initial response, my first response is to say, hey, listen, this is this is just like you know, this is like Lennon McCartney, right? We're we're gonna we're gonna take co writing, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put our names, we're gonna take co writing credit for the entire body of work. Um, some, sometimes one contributes more one, sometimes one contributes, uh, more in another area, but we'll just, we'll put the writing credit across it, you know, just so that it's clear. Now that's what I want to say. What I really actually want to say is, did she like it or not? (laughs) If she didn't like it, Kevin wrote that. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I forgot about Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, if you if you don't like anything, anything that you don't like on this podcast, Kevin did that part. He was he was responsible. Kevin does 98% of the work. <laughs> Kevin does 98% of the screwing up. That's what it is. I mean, so here's my guess. She listened to you throwing out all of the RuPaul. Uh, did, did she actually stop the podcast and ask the question? Was there like a record screech in your house? <laughs> what was that? And and then she went bye. <laughs> the other piece of feedback on fifty one was uh, even for this sports loving gal, the discussion was a little too esoteric. 
So perhaps dial it back in a little bit. That was sometimes you get direct feedback. I got I got some very direct feedback <laughs> this week. Wow. But the outtakes were good. The part where you guys messed up, liked those. The part that you didn't mess up, didn't like that as much. Fair enough. Fair enough. So was it was it was it the, was it the America's Cup discussion? Is that what pushed them over the edge? I think it's possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, I, I went back and I listened to it, and I even texted you because uh, I was. I mean. I was there when we recorded it. And when I listened back, uh, there was some, some of that sports stuff that even I, <laughs> at the point where I was asking you what Jersey number Christian Pulisic wears and you got yes. it wrong <laughs> because on the front of his Jersey is a three. And that's not the answer. That may have been one of my favorite moments in the past. Well, we'll say the past year, even though we're not there yet. Um, that, I, that was I'm awesome. Looking, I'm looking at a picture of this guy wearing a three on his shirt. Yep. What's his number? Ten. What? <laughs> yep. Yep. Here's my question. Does Amy think that esoteric means funny? Because if you if if you think that esoteric means funny, then even for this sports loving gal, the discussion was a little too funny. Probably not. I, I'm reaching here, but okay. Did Lisa like last week? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure she's caught up yet. Yeah. So, um, no news is good news. Well, and I'm not really encouraging her. I'm not like, Hey, have you got to 51 yet? Because after we got, after we got feedback from Amy, that there was too much sports, I, oh. I, I wasn't exactly saying, Hey, Lisa, tell me what you think about 51. <laughs> jump, jump, yeah. jump you to 12. Just jump. Let's do the open and then jump to 12. Do what we do with Saturday Night Live. Do the, do the cold open and then jump to the news. Yeah, yeah. And then and then if anything's really good, somebody else will tell you to go back and watch it. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Uh let's see. Toddler negative 18. I think it's warmer up there now, but she's still toddler negative 18. She is glad she is not the only person with sexy alf in her search history. The weird thing is that was before we recorded. So <laughs> I don't but you know, that's good. So, uh, so, so thank you. Thank you, Sherry, for jumping in there as well. She actually really liked the origin of the name of soccer. She thought that was very interesting. Oh, that's right. We threw that into 51 as well. Boy, yes. there was a lot of sports in that one. <laughs> yeah. America's cup and English soccer. A lot of it. Although with that comment, I think you can now throw, um, we can now be consider ourselves an educational podcast. Sure. Yeah, we're right up there. We heard from we heard from Mark Felderman. Hey, Mark. Uh, he enjoyed Amy's insights on Brady and Leftwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, so so Amy's sports stuff is good. <laughs> Ours is bad. Well, hers was football. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> Ours was about. Uh, Association yeah, our, football. Our, yeah, association football. Yes. Thank you. And Ruggers and America's Cup. Yeah. And NASCAR. Yes. Which 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 we'll circle back to in a minute. Uh negative zero is like an F minus. It's just there to add insult to injury. <laughs> <laughs> says the life says the lifelong educator. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Listen, you earned an F. But you really earned an F minus. <laughs> is that a thing? It is in this classroom. It wasn't until I met you. 
Uh, and Dan and Doug want to be intern headline picture editors for NBC Sports. <laughs> when they grow up, that's what they want to do for a living. That's <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad somebody is enjoying that segment that we've been doing for the last three weeks. Did did you get did you did you hear feedback from anyone this week? No, no, um, no. And most of the feedback was, uh, I gave, I gave you most of the feedback I got, but it was all from me, uh, just being really entertained with, uh, at, again, uh, you mentioned the NASCAR when, uh, when we, when we were talking about the, uh, the, the, uh, mobile Prada car, uh, Mustang on its hood. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now really wishing that, that, you know, Prada, Louis Vuitton, like, like we got to get, we got to get Hermes, um, get those guys into NASCAR because I think that that would, I would just love to, to hear, uh, to hear that call. Okay. So then there's, there's this one final piece of feedback. Um, and this is leftover. I guess it's more follow-up piece of follow-up from episode 50. When we were talking about the Super Bowl, and Amy talked about how surprised she was, about how many sports betting ads yes were on yep. TV yep and she's like sports bets and bet kings and whatever the thing is that Allen Iverson is pitching yeah right which reminded me of the best Allen Iverson quote of the year have you heard about this no i have not okay so he was accused of spending $40,000 at a strip club Oh, yes. Yes. You heard this? I have heard this. Yes. Alan Iverson. So I'm just going to read this. Alan Iverson denies a claim made by a former teammate that he occasionally spent $40,000 at a strip club when he was a 76er. And his quote, first of all, it was like $9,000 at most. And there were never any strippers at the TGI Fridays on City Line unless I brought them. <laughs> Sometimes I brought a brunch, and I suppose in those cases, yes, the bill could get up to forty grand because they didn't have the endless appetizers thing back then. <laughs> Wait, uh, it wasn't it wasn't me, and then maybe it was, except it wasn't there. It was at this other place, and there weren't strippers, but maybe there were. But that's all. None of it matters because there weren't endless appetizers. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Alan? The defense rests. <laughs> Case closed. Move to dismiss. Oh my god! Oh, I laughed so hard. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I've been to TGI Fridays in the past. I'm just thinking. I don't know how many people you have to bring to a TGI Fridays to rack up. I suppose in those cases, yes, the bill could get up to forty k. Now, first of all, I don't know how you spend forty k at a TGI Fridays. And he is blaming not the bar tab, which is about the only way you could do it. He's blaming the endless appetizers. I'm going to need some wings for the table and that table and that table and that table, and then keep them coming. Well, and the the parsing of there were never any strippers at the TGI Fridays on City Line, maybe other TGI Fridays, sure. Well, here's one on City Line. I mean, here's the thing, right? Either one of these lines could be great in this, right? So he says, and there were never any strippers at the TGI Fridays on City Line. Now, if he stops it there, you've got that's an that is an oddly specific denial, right? 
I mean, you've put some conditions on that denial. Okay. But then instead of just walking away from that, you just walk away, right? The next line is, unless I brought them. <laughs> and like, sometimes I, I, I bought a bunch. <laughs> I brought a bunch. I mean, you know what? I, 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 went, I went to the club and I said, hey, guys, Friday's on me. Let's go. You guys. And then he said, you guys can have endless appetizers. And then he had to pay for each one of those. What I also think is, first, I love this though. First of all, it was like $9,000 at the most. Okay, so first of all, nine grand at a Friday's. That seems like a lot to begin with. Then he brought a bunch of, as he puts it, he, he, made, he brought a bunch of strippers. And in those cases, yes, the bill could get up to 40 grand. So that's a, an additional 30 grand. I don't know what the fire code is at Friday's and how many people, anyway, you know what? There you go. I I was I thought it was fantastic. Just head away, Alan. I wasn't there, and even if I was, because sometimes I go there, which I don't, but I did occasionally. I didn't see the thing, but I did. But it wasn't yellow; it was blue. But because I painted it blue, and I brought some friends with me, but mostly what you said was true. <laughs> you know, here's here's the thing. That right there, you could you could spend you could spend a good semester in a college class, in like a philosophy class on that quote alone. Like every week, come in and tell me what you think it means. No, 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 no. Now go back the next week and like really think about this, and then come back. And now that you've thought about it for a full week, really tell me what you think this means, <laughs> because there are layers upon layers oh. in that. At some point, you just got to stop digging, but. Or you do, or you keep digging, because I brought the shovel, or I didn't. <laughs> uh, so um, I I brought a nomination this week, as, yes. as if I guess maybe I brought two nominations this week, given the, the last thing that I just read. Did you see, well, let's start with, did you see who the new head coach at Jackson State University is? Um, I believe it's uh, it's uh, Dion Primetime Sanders. You are correct. Did you That's, see what they did? That's a division NAIA powerhouse, correct? I, bu- I believe it is. Okay. Did you see what they did opening week in their adjusted schedule spring football? Um, did they beat Chelsea? They, they beat Edward Waters. I don't know if that is one person or if that's the name of another school, but they beat them 53 to nothing. So it, I could really go either way on it. <laughs> hey, hey, Ed, you... Ed, you better be covering some more. Okay. Okay. Hey, so congrats. So is this, are you telling me this? Cause his congratulations are in order for prime for winning his first uh, game as coach. Well, there's, it's kind of a, a good news, bad news situation. Oh, okay. Because as, as the article reads, all seemed well in Western Mississippi. That is until Sanders post game news conference. Did you see this part of the story? Uh, no, I did not. He didn't have Allen Iverson speaking for him, did he? No, but if he did, it couldn't have gone any worse. Awesome. The first-year head coach was happy with his team's performance, but he told reporters he was robbed of his cell phone, watches, and credit cards during the game, <laughs> and then proceeded to throw Jackson State security under the bus and the administration under the bus. Somebody came into the locker room, stole every darn thing I had. Thank God I had my necklaces on. So when I have to talk about quality, 
raising the standards. That goes for everyone, man, Sanders continued. Not just the people on the field, not just the coaches, not just the teachers, not just the faculty, but everybody. Security and everybody. (laughs) Then his property was recovered, and maybe it was all a misunderstanding because there was a Jackson State official that told reporters it wasn't stolen. It was misplaced and secured by a Jackson State University staffer, and he got his stuff back. Except... Sanders then later tweets, no, it wasn't stolen, but they got it back. It was stolen out of my personal bag in my office, and my assistant caught the gentleman in the process of stealing it. No miscommunication, just a cover-up. And then he declared that the source who said there was no theft was lying. So things are all happy time at Jackson State University. Wow. Okay. Yep. He tweeted in three consecutive tweets the word lying. One two, three, four times. Oh, you know what? I, you know what? I know what's going on here. Okay. I know who is writing all of his PR statements. It, it, could it be NBC Sports? No, 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 no. Because um, they, they would have claimed that he misplaced some his Sharpay puppy instead of his wallet. Um, I believe, because there's no racing going on right now, I'm going to tell you that it's the America's Cup organization in New Zealand is writing uh, is writing Dion's PR statements. So the article concludes, for now, the best case scenario has Sanders mistakenly accusing somebody on campus of theft and implying a cover-up. At worst, somebody did actually attempt to steal Sanders' property before being caught either way. It's enough to cast an ominous shadow on what was otherwise a day of celebration in Jackson. Oh, prime time. He, that, apparently the theft happened on the side of the field that he wasn't covering. <laughs> he's a lockdown corner for that half of the field. Yeah, but true. But had his, had his assistant identified the person and the person started running away and somebody, if his assistant would have yelled, hey, somebody tackle that dude, Prime would have said, not me. <laughs> I don't do that. If I can get there before they catch the bag, yeah. I'm all over it. It's I might mine. even pick it and run it back. That is yeah. mine. That's mine. Once he's caught it. I meant tackling him. Some, that's, somebody, else somebody, somebody else can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, to the extent of if it was running, if if the guy was running at him, he would step out of the way. Whoa, <laughs> almost, almost had a collision there. Got to be careful. Oh, so that so that was that was between between AI, which wasn't actually last week, yeah. but prime time, which actually was last week. I'm still not sure really who the idiot of the week nominee is out of that story. It's definitely not the assistant. But it could be primetime. It could also be the Jackson State official. Yeah, it's sort of a group nomination at this point. Until we have until until there's some clarity on the situation, what we can guarantee is there are no winners out of that story. Well, I, I will I will post a link and you all can decide for yourselves. What'd you do this week? As I was busy reading reading articles about Deion Sanders. Well, remember a couple of weeks ago you told us about the uh, the post office. And you mailing a care package to uh, to Lucas, and then you tracking it as it went south and north, and taking a very a very nonlinear route to get delivered. Six hundred miles to go, two hundred miles. Yes. Yeah. So 
in the last week, I've, I've had an engagement with the post office um, that I wish went as well as yours. Oh. Uh, so, con- congratulations in order. Have you set a date? Yeah. So, oh, setting a date, that is something that the post office is incapable of doing. And we'll get to that here. I, uh, I, I, had a, I had a small tech problem a couple of weeks ago that, is, that has caused recording problems. And uh, I, 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 had to, I, I had, to take a, had to take a part out of one of my computers and send it in so that the company could then send me a new part. So my, I packaged it up. Lisa sent it off. It got there. They opened it up. They looked at it, said, yep, warranty, fine. We'll ship you out a new one. Great. So on February 17th, I get, I get notification from the company. Congratulations. Your thing is, uh, your thing's shipping and, uh, it'll be there. Uh, it'll be there on the 22nd. And I'm thinking, well, it's got to come from Illinois. Like, oh, I was hoping it's gonna be here for the weekend. Fine. Okay. So it'll take a few days. And it's got a tracking number though. So I can track it, right? How, how awesome is that? Right. And then uh, nothing appears in tracking history. So on uh, on February 17th, it says the label is created. It was accepted at the post office and it arrived at the regional sorting facility all on the 17th. Yay. The day before it was supposed to arrive. Now, admittedly, I do understand that the we, this, this weekend that they were processing it also coincided with the incredibly terrible weather uh, that that the Midwest and Texas and everybody was hit with. So there was probably going to be some sort of disruption. Okay, fair enough. Sure. So sure. the day the day before it says that it's supposed to arrive, I get this message from the post office on my tracking number. <clears throat> the status is in transit arriving late. And here's the message. Your package will arrive later than expected, but is still on its way. It is currently in transit to the next facility. So that was four days ago. There has been no communication since then. So my date, it says there's now no delivery date. Four days ago, they said, here's the thing. It's fine. You'll get it. It's just in transit. Where in transit? We don't know. When will it get there? We don't know. Did it even leave the facility in Illinois? We don't know because it doesn't say that it left it. <laughs> it literally says it arrived. It arrived on the day that they got it. And since then, it's just on its way. And the thing that the thing that really hit me was I have a tracking number. And this now just pulled me right into this. I feel like I'm living in a Seinfeld episode now, right? You've got a tracking number. The tracking number is the easy part. <laughs> Here's your number. Great. Are you using it to track the package? Oh, we don't do that. Then the, the number isn't the important part here. Here's your number. Where is it? We don't know. When will it get here? We don't know. You can just use your tracking number. You're not even using the tracking number. Anyway, so apparently sometime between tomorrow and never, I may or may not get this package uh, delivered to me. But the post office is assuring me, don't worry, it's in transit. I don't even know if they know what that word means. But anyway, it's it's somewhere. <laughs> so I'm 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 really happy and uh I'm really happy I got my tracking number. So anyway, that's that's what I spent some time this week deciphering. Every day I go in and I look in, is there an update? Nope. It's gonna arrive late. When? We don't know. What do you what do we look like? A logistics firm? Come on. <laughs> I is Lee Marvin 
in charge of delivering your package? Why is that? That is the theme from Paint Your Wagon, which is one of my all-time favorites. Amy can attest to it, and she can't stand it. <laughs> but the entire time I'm listening to you tell this story, I'm going, oh my god, it's it's Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so so we'll we'll stay tuned and see. <laughs> well, if it if if the part doesn't arrive at some point, you'll know because this podcast may stop being recorded. <laughs> It's kind of an integral piece to the recording setup. So uh, <laughs> we're running on limited time here. We'll, we'll figure it out somehow, but uh, yeah. Maybe our dates will finally, ma- finally match up if we take a week off. <laughs> yeah, we just shut it down for a little while. Uh, okay, so let's see. When I was, so I had plenty of time this week because I had set aside time to fix my computer, but since the part wasn't here, I had time to do other stuff, which includes looking at other headlines. Now, I'm going to give you a week off from the NBC Sports headlines because there were some other ones that caught that caught my eye. And I'm guessing I don't know that you saw some of these. So so I'm just going to throw out a couple of ideas. We, we're now becoming a current events podcast. Did you hear we 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 play we play fantasy baseball, right? We've 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 or sorry, fantasy. Well, we've played fantasy baseball in the past. We, we play fantasy football. Uh, last year was the uh, late night league's 20th uh, 20th anniversary. Yes there is a bit of a scandal and I'm sorry, this is sports related a bit and it has to do with English football a bit. Did you hear about the scandal involving fantasy soccer and English football? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say no. And I, I am on, on behalf of, I think all of our audience, I can safely say no. So, okay. Okay. So it turns out that um, a lot of the English Premier players play in fantasy leagues publicly. Like, you know who they are, right? Like, you can figure out because they play like, you know, you can see other other leagues and stuff. Anyway, so last Friday, after all of the, the, the leagues, uh, you can add or drop players or whatever, after that kind of closed, a Twitter account posted something and the Twitter account just observed that a whole lot of Aston Villa players removed Jack Grealish, who is an, who is the leading, I believe he's the leading scorer for Aston Villa from their teams this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They, they all took him out. Huh? Well, that's weird. Why would a bunch of people who play with Jack Grealish, take him out of their fantasy team this weekend. Well, you know who didn't wonder? All the people that had money on the game. And so the betting line, whoosh, (laughs) moved. And it turned out that the reason, well, not the reason, this could have been just a coincidence. Anyway, Jack Grealish did not play in the game due to a minor injury. So there's a new rule on the Aston Villa team that that play that uh, players on Aston Villa are now banned from playing fantasy football. <laughs> and the Premier League is now having to look at their rules around 
not because it screwed up the fantasy football, but because there's a lot of money bet on English soccer. <laughs> not, not, I'm not, I'm not taking sides on anything. And since we are kind of delving into current events, yeah. the fact that Premier League is actually doing something about this kind of, I don't know, let's call it insider trading. Oh, that's good. That's a good phrase. We should use that more. And and are 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 clearly doing more than perhaps Congress might to police it itself. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go any further down that road because I think there are there are plenty of offenders on both sides of the aisle. We'll just call it out and 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 leave the just juxtaposition that the Premier League they're more proactive in combating insider trading than say Congress. Who knew? What, what I find funny about this is it says, so uh, after Lester's win, the, the Villa head coach, Dean Smith, said he would investigate the leaks. This is They knew that it leaked, but they weren't sure how at this point. His opposite number, Brendan Rogers, said that he'd heard there were doubts over Grealish's fitness on Saturday. Quote, if it's coming out of our training grounds, I'll find out where that's coming from and reprimand them. Yeah, it's coming out of your training grounds and being posted in fantasy leaks. <laughs> But it's it's everybody. It's not just one guy. Yeah, yeah. The whole team's like, oh, Jack. That's boy. That's a bummer, man. I got to drop him really quick. I got to find myself another <laughs> central attacker. <laughs> so I mean, so here here's the thing, right? It's one thing for you or I in the middle of a season to bench a player. It's a different thing for the player's teammates to bench the player. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, so so here's another here's another uh, a headline. <laughs> okay, so this one has nothing to do with sports, but is 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 it a segue from the end of that last conversation? Um, sure. Yes. Well, it's another. It's yes. It's another headline here. So okay. So in 2017, the Long Island Ice Tea Company. Who knew that there was a company? I thought it was just a drink. Anyway, there was a company called Long Island Ice Tea Company. It it sent out a press release and it rebranded itself the Long Blockchain Corp. Now, why would it do that? Well, in 2017, if you as a company said that you were getting involved in blockchain, your stock price would just soar because everybody wanted to be all in on blockchain. So the Long Island Ice Tea Company rebranded themselves Long Blockchain Corp. The International House of Burgers. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Well, let me ask you this. In my International House of Blockchain. Exactly. <laughs> right. So this is from Ars Technica. Um, let me let me do my best. Uh, let me do my best teacher from from Ferris Bueller. So let me ask you: <clears throat> Did that change lead to their stock going up? or going down. Okay. And you're being the students. So it led to the stock going up. The stock price of that company, as soon as they renamed themselves, the stock price tripled immediately. Are you kidding me? No, no. It's a blockchain company. Here you go. No, right. They made iced tea. (laughs) They called themselves a blockchain company. Stock price triples. Now, as Ars Technica points out, other than the rename, their strategy was a little vague. <laughs> Were they still making Long Island iced teas? Well, yes, but they they spun that off into a subsidiary <laughs> so that the iced tea was... And I don't think that they were making Long Island iced tea. I think they were making iced tea, 
from Long Island. Anyway, that's not clear in this. So their strategy was that they were going to, they were going to have some sinner. Well, this doesn't taste like Long Island iced tea. It barely tastes like blockchain. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's Long Island water in there. That's what you're tasting. Oh, oh, (laughs) that's where the tanginess is coming from. (laughs) That's that, that's, that explains the chewiness. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, the company at the time said they were there's synergy in here, an explosion in investment opportunities and technology. Anyway, they they were they they were they were going to buy some Bitcoin mining equipment, whatever. Within weeks, they the Nasdaq finally got fed up with them and they booted the company. So they said, "Look, you're not even like doing anything." So, so they they just went to over the counter. So this week, now that all happened in 2017. Speaking of, it takes a while for the U.S. to react to some shenanigans when it comes to financial things. So, so nearly four years later, the SEC has now come in and gone, ah, I think something's not right here. So they, uh, they revoked their stock registration. So uh, effectively, now they can no longer uh, trade, uh, trade their shares. As the SEC points out, the company's blockchain business never became operational. And it also hasn't reported its financial since 2018. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that the article then points out um, the business would continue to operate, the ICT business would continue to operate as a, as a subsidiary, and it still seems to be working fine and still shipping product. So, so the company, the ICT company said, I'm going to take the ICT thing and put that over here and then blew up the company and have now got the SEC to shut it all down. Meanwhile, the people making the iced tea are like, still making the tea. Y- y'all go do your thing. I'll just be over here making tea. Yeah. 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 Are you making that with blockchain? No. Tea. Oh, no. Is it sun tea? <laughs> yes, but we don't leave it outside for too long because we know what happens. Yeah. yeah that's, our research. That's, that's not good. That's not good. I'm not clear. Although when I read the part of the story that said that their stock price tripled, I suddenly was thinking that this podcast could become blockchain with Todd um, just to see what would happen. <laughs> but I think we may have missed that, that, uh, that boat. I prefer talking to blockchain. Oh, you would. Yeah. That's probably better too. Yeah. Hey, I'm blockchain. How's it going? <laughs> okay. First question, blockchain. Can you explain to me what you are? No, nobody knows. I, I'm the solution to everything, but nobody can explain how. Oh. Okay. All right. I, I also yeah. I also bumped on Bitcoin mining equipment. Yes. Yeah. Which which brings to mind like one of them their electric boxes, but oh. then it's got a scoop on the front of it. Dude, you're getting a Dell with a scoop. We just we wind it up and we send it into the Bitcoin mine and working in a Bitcoin mine going down down. Whoop, man. <sighs> Uh, all right. Which then leads me. Okay. So that story then leads me to my, our other headline of the week. Again, we're going to see if this sticks or not. Um, and this one, this one, I have to admit as, as we're going down now more and more economics, this one is getting a little closer to the other podcast, but I think, I think it still works. So I don't know if you read that there was some small, uh, energy disruption in Texas in the past uh, week and a half. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've all learned that uh, that the the Texas energy most of Texas is covered by an energy grid 
that literally is don't mess with Texas, meaning don't give us any electricity when we need it, right? It's it's completely on its own. And they deregulated the uh, they deregulated the entire thing. So the grid and um, all these electric producers and everybody else can uh, you can just buy competition is going to drive down prices. Correct. Sure it is. Yeah. So I, I think we've I think we've heard that. Uh, I mean I've 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 heard, I've seen stories about the people that got like the thousand dollar a day power bill, the sixteen thousand dollar a day or sixteen thousand dollar power bill. But there was a there was a story in the Wall Street Journal, noted liberal magazine, the Wall Street Journal. Um, they've done some research into it, and so for nearly twenty years, the Texas energy market has been completely deregulated because competition will will solve everything. Right. Again, the Wall Street Journal has gone through and looked at what Texas, what overall Texas residents have paid for their electricity in the last 20 years compared to a regulated market average. Do you think that Texas Texas consumers have paid more or less total over the last 20 years being in a completely open market versus a regulated market where rates are set by some sort of quasi government body do you, do you think they're 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 more or less i think given that we're exploring this story the answer is probably going to be more even though they think the answer is supposed to be less yes you are you are correct and you're right otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it so so this started in 2004. Do you want to guess at how much money extra Texas has, Texas consumers have paid in electricity since 2004 because of the of their market conditions? Is this on a per person basis or is this in an aggregate? Aggregate number. 250 million dollars. 28 billion. So you were close. <laughs> You know, if you round, if you took your number, if you round to the nearest 28 billion, <laughs> it's like, you nailed it's, it. It's, it's like the West Wing episode where they're trying to shoot the, the missile out of the sky. You could have missed by 48 less miles and still missed by a hundred miles. <laughs> so anyway, and this is all before the crisis. This has We're nothing... Right. This has nothing to do with the crisis. So anyway, I just I just found it interesting. Forget everything that's happened in the last two weeks. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal has figured out that, uh, and, and this is residential consumers only. This is not even co- this is not even commercial consumers. This is purely residential consumers. Since two thousand and four, have paid an additional twenty eight billion dollars in energy costs than they would have if they would have had been buying power from a comparable regulated utility. You know, I would love to see that same study then on the corporate side in Texas and see if they are getting the discounts. 20, 28 would... billion less. Yes. That's weird yes. how that works out. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's going to be my guess is that they are paying somewhere south of that <laughs> and that the public is making it up. Somebody's making it up, but it ain't the New York Times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, not the, the, I don't even know where the humor is in this to be completely honest. I mostly read the headline and went that number can't be right and then reread it. 
So you were asking where the humor was. So one particular story in all of this caught my eye in in that um, there's a wholesale company, a wholesale electricity company that was selling to consumers that had consumers, uh, let's say, over a barrel. Was right? this gr- was this gritty? Yes, but did I just ruin it? <laughs> one of them is gritty, and one of them is <laughs> gritty. And you don't want to confuse the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers with the utility company in Texas. Because I saw this and I went, well, that doesn't seem right. Why is the the Flyers mascot selling power? Well, no wonder things are screwed up. He's got them big googly eyes. He's trying to adjust rates and falls over on his skates. It's amazing he has time to show up. He's busy shooting off the t-shirt gun when he should be managing electricity rates. No wonder there's problems. <laughs> it's amazing he has time to do any of the hockey stuff. Oh. Hey, Dallas Stars are in town. We're all over this. Oh. <laughs> what have you been watching this week? We 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 uh, we got off the the main TV the main TV uh, branch this week and and found a found a so we found uh we we fell down a YouTube hole and uh, we we the algorithm suggested that we might like to watch Susan Coleman's Grand Day Out. Now, why did it suggest it to me? I have no earthly idea. Did we enjoy it? Yes, we did. So the algorithm is a little scary. Um, Susan Hellman is a uh, Scottish comedian, and this is a six-part series um, where she gets into a small camper van known as a caravan and drives around uh, England um, and go see. Uh, she goes and finds cute little villages and and uh, scenic spots and other things. It's basically it's just a it's a standard travel log kind of video. Like tons of people do it, tons of shows. Anyway, you know she's she's pretty funny if you can understand her at times because she's Scottish. Uh, anyway, we've I think we've watched episodes. Uh, I think we've watched either four or five episodes of the six so far. And if you want, if you want to, the weird part is is that she's driving through England. I mean, admittedly, when we were there, you were in London. Was there was there more or less traffic in London than, let's say, in your neighborhood? Let me ask you that. In in Norwalk? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Considerably more. Yeah. I, what I will tell you is, when I, when I was last there, the week before you got there, we were up we were up in the northern part of England, right. and the traffic was just as bad there. Like traffic is just terrible in England because they have very small roads. And, um, and there's a lot of people and they live in a very small space. Like there's 50 million people in this, in this space, like that is smaller than, than many of our States, most of our States. Yeah. Good point. In this series, she must've filmed it this summer when everybody was in lockdown, um, because there are no cars on the road and Lisa keeps going. I don't understand when they filmed this. Look at this. There's no cars. Like, like she's on a single lane road and she's not having to drive off the side of the road into a hedge to get around a lorry or something. And it's like, well, this is not the England that we know. It's a grand day out because you're the only one out anyway. So a, a privet? not a hedge, what? a privet. <laughs> well, if you're on privet, then you're on a lane. Cause so, the lorry. Hmm? Yeah. Cause <laughs> I've been watching a lot of English TV shows. The other thing that uh, the other thing that I can recommend is, uh, and this isn't what we've been watching, but uh, and this is this is a podcast I've been listening to for a very long time, um, but they've been doing some great episodes recently. Have you ever listened to NPR's Planet Money? No, I've I I occasionally listen to Marketplace with Kai Rizdal. Okay, so 
marketplace tries to explain what's going on with like everything in the day. Planet Money started in 2008 to explain what just happened to the economy and why did it all fall apart. So it started with, let me explain to you what derivatives mean, right? And you're like, I don't know. Like, oh, like, sweet Lord. But they had to do it in an yes. entertaining way, right? So it sure. was like, let, let me explain derivatives to you in a way that you can listen to in a, on a drive in your car so that you understand why the arm on your mortgage is now at 75%, right? So, so they started, I think, in 2008 explaining the economy, and they found it. it's a nice, easy way. It's, it's economics for, non, for non-economics people, right? But it explains stuff. And they've been going and going and going. Anyway, the last few weeks, they've, they've had some really good stuff. Do you want to know what the whole GameStop thing was about? Um, they did a great episode that explains uh, GameStop and uh, Game Stonks and uh, that whole thing. They uh, Anyway, if, if you're interested in some of what's going on with the economy but want to be entertained but know a little bit about it, Planet Money uh, from NPR is, is, a, is a really good podcast. And generally speaking, it's pretty... It's pretty entertaining for the stuff that it's covering. So anyway, listen to a couple of episodes this week on that. How about you? What have you been watching? So there's a there's a new show on Netflix called The Crew. Have you seen this? Uh, no. So it's it's the new Kevin James vehicle. Okay. Everything that he's in, my wife finds hilarious. Okay. With the possible exception of Paul Blart Mall Cop, and especially <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Anyway, King of Queens. Um, what was the? What did he do after that? It's the it's the show that's most known for killing off the wife so they could bring the old wife back. Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> yes. Whatever the hell that whatever one that was. was. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that one. I don't even remember what it's called, but yes, there was that one. Yeah, and and now this thing. But he is the head of a nascar team not the owner but the like the team manager okay which which is why it's the new kevin james vehicle oh i see what you did there oh yeah nascar yeah are they sponsored by prada (laughs) no actually they're sponsored by a company called fake steak (laughs) okay which sounds better than it tastes (laughs) That's, that's the slogan right (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> the guy that played d-day in animal house for those of us that are really old or he was the sheriff in my cousin Vinny, yeah mm-hmm. is the retired owner of the team and then his daughter comes in as the new owner so there's conflict between Kevin James and the new owner and kind of a major league sort of thing. We're going to do it my way. Not that she wants to take the team out of Cleveland or as it were, but uh, there's this tug of war over who's going to make the decisions. So there's, there's some humor there. It's 10 episodes. I think we're about eight into it. I can't remember. Anyway, 30 minute Netflix sitcom with Kevin James, kind of funny. But I, I thought, given how much we talked about NASCAR, if you're a NASCAR fan, you might enjoy this. It's it's kind of entertaining. And I'm only kind of a NASCAR fan, and I found it entertaining. I'm just thinking the way you described that show is the same is the same way the slogans are on fake stakes. Uh, it's the new Kevin James vehicle about NASCAR. It sounds better than it is. But, you know, we watched it. <laughs> the segment is called, What Are You Watching? 
not what are you liking? Yeah. Yeah. Look, some of they can't all be winners. So <laughs> we're trying to help. We're trying to help you guys avoid what's, uh, what's, what's not good. Especially since Peacock doesn't put ratings on the bad stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I see what they're up to. So what'd you learn this week? Okay. So the NFL is in the middle of renegotiating all of its TV contracts because they desperately want money. There are four broadcasters that have rights to cover to for NFL games, right? One of them's named Howard Cosell. <laughs> yeah. I was going to do a Howard Cosell impression. And then I thought, mm, that's too dangerous. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> Wise choice. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I, I, I've now learned of the four broadcasters, if you think about who carries the games and how many games they carry and all this kind of stuff and the slots and everything, who do you think pays the most to the NFL for the rights to, to carry the NFL games? Or, or how, would you, how would you, can you rank them in order, like top to bottom? Because CBS has the Super Bowl, I'm going to say it's the most. Okay. Followed by Fox and NBC, followed by, uh, wait, followed by Disney slash ESPN slash ABC. Maybe Fox is below Disney and, and, and the Disney family of products. Anyway, let's go with that. Let's go with, let's go with CBS, then NBC, because they have Sunday Night Football and then Disney, ABC, ESPN, and then NBC. Let's do that. Yeah, you got close. you got most of that wrong. So <laughs> Just NBC Sports header on there, and I can be sure to get it wrong. Yeah, exactly. So pulling up the pulling up the rear is NBC Sunday Night Football, and they uh, reportedly pay nine hundred and sixty million dollars a year for Sunday Night Football because that's the only thing they do. It's the only game that they right. have. Now, I, admittedly, I, it is the highest. Yeah, it's the highest rated primetime show in TV. So they pay $960 million to show one a week. And I think they get the Super Bowl every three years, right? Because they rotate the Super Bowl through. Okay, so they're last. Right above them is CBS, which pays a billion dollars a year. But they get the AFC, right? So they get to show on any given week, what you figure there's 16 games minus a bye week. They probably show they probably get the rights to seven games a year or seven games a week. So they pay a billion dollars to broadcast seven. Except when they don't. And the Bears and Vikings were on CBS for some unknown reason this year. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. They get to trade games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So CBS is in third place with a billion. Fox is right above them at 1.1 billion. Now they get the same, basically the same amount of games as CBS does, but they also get seven Sundays, whatever. Right. So, so they pay 1.1 billion. The leader in the clubhouse far and away and who did a terrible job of negotiating is Disney slash ESPN who pay $1.9 billion a year to broadcast one crappy game a week. So NBC pays $960 million. ESPN pays $1.9 billion, and they both get the same, and NBC gets the better games. Good job. 
Good job. Way to negotiate that. Did Disney inherit an ESPN contract that was really bad? This was in 2011. Nope. So that was still Disney. <laughs> nope. They they said we we want we want football and uh you know, you know back back to the old saying like if you want if you want football really bad, we got a really bad contract. <laughs> Wait, wait for Monday night. We're going to show you some really bad football. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So the, 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 now, so I learned that and I thought that can't possibly be right because the, 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 the network that has the fewest worst games is paying almost twice as much as anybody else, but it's true. And the other part I learned was the NFL is trying to get everybody to renegotiate their rights for the next 10 years, and they want to lock in a fee. And basically, the NFL has asked all of the existing broadcast partners for a 100% raise in their fees. They want to double the fees. And reports are, NBC said, what do I sign? <laughs> yes. Fox and CBS have said, you betcha. And Disney's going, you know, that's, that's about 4 billion a year. That's a, that's a lot of money. Um, how many, how many Raiders games do we have to air? <laughs> so anyway, I, that's what I learned. It was, it was multiple things. Apparently <laughs> what I have learned is, um, I feel like I need to uh, negotiate with Disney on how much I pay for Disney plus. Although maybe that's why Disney Plus costs as much as it does, because they're like, listen, we 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 owe we owe everything, everything to the NFL. This this money isn't even coming to us. When you pay your Disney Plus bill, it literally goes straight to the NFL and they give us whatever they think is fair that's left over. <laughs> that's exactly what's going on. We gotta make it up somewhere. It's coming out of the friend's household budget. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn this week? My what I learned this week is going to be a teaser for a future guest. Ooh. We ordered last year a quarter of a beef from Preston and Mark. Uh, Preston is a Flinny with Amy at Lessing Flynn. They work together and they, um, Preston and Mark, have a farm over by Newton. And so they raised beef. We got, they, we're sending beef to the Story City Locker. We got a quarter of a beef there and picked it up on Monday night. I've never, and I have never done this before. My, my folks have gotten part of a beef or a part of a, of a hog, or I think that's about it. I don't think we've ever had lamb, though. I know where I can get good lamb should I need to. Um, my friend Mary has a little <laughs> Jeez. I was going to let you explain that one because I wasn't going to jump in. Like you, you went out on that diving board. You, you walk yourself right back out. I couldn't even finish it. Her name is Mary Miller. She lives in Colorado. She raises lamb. It's a true story. But Mary has a little lamb. And so, but we, we haven't done that. Anyway, uh, this is the first time that we have ever done this. So we placed the order. Story City Locker calls on Monday. Hey, beef's done. You can come pick it up whenever you can get there. Well, I had a ref on Tuesday night and Wednesday night this week. We're recording on Thursday night, so can't really go to Story City tonight. So we hop in the car on Monday after work, run up to Story City. There are all kinds of ways. Have you ever done this before? Um, the closest we got, and this is such an Iowa story, uh, one year, my dad got paid. 
in a side of beef. <laughs> um, sure. He worked with farmers and uh, he did some work and they said, uh, we could pay you or how would you like a full cow? And then that was divided between uh, between my dad and, and my uncle Cal. And we, we both got a half a side of beef. And uh, that's how I knew I lived in Iowa. Anyway, so no, I have not done that myself other than for a while, I just assumed, I, I didn't even know you could go to the grocery store to buy beef um, because we just had an entire large freezer chest full of every part of the cow, every, every part of the cow. You don't, don't touch that one. Nope, nope, nope. Anyway. <laughs> so that's when, when you order the beef, they give you a menu and you can kind of choose from standard cuts or you can get more roasts or you can get, you know, if you get a half, you can get briskets and you can get, you know, things like that. We were only getting a quarter. Okay. That makes more sense. When you say they give you a menu, I'm thinking, well, it's not like you're getting chicken and pork. <laughs> I mean, come on. Can I so, get some... Can I get some shrimp with that? No. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Do you want T-bones? Do you want ribeyes? Do you want sirloin? Do you want, you know, do you want it trimmed? Do you want hamburger? Do you want uh, hamburger patties? Do you just want ground? And we said, we want all the steaks you can give us and then turn everything else into hamburger. <laughs> That's what my folks have done for a while now. And you get some really good hamburger because I don't need top round roast. I don't, I mean, I, I, I might, I might cook one of those a year, right? Yeah. But hamburger at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Anyway, so I, I learned that when you go pick it up, you need multiple coolers <laughs> and you need more than you think. Even if, even if you. And that, that includes taking that advice into account. So yes. even if you think I need more than what I have, even taking that into account, you're still going to be short coolers. <laughs> Had it not been for the two foot by three foot extra styrofoam cooler that we threw in just because we happened to have it. Uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, let's take that thing just in case. Thank God, because it was, I mean, full just of the hamburger. It was, it's gotta be three and a half feet long. It's gotta be about, I don't know, about the size of about a half a cow. If I think about it, (laughs) if you think, yes, if you think about it, a a smaller cow, but yes, 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 that's the, yeah. So anyway, then, so we picked, we, uh, we bought it from, Preston and Mark and had a process in Surrey city. So at some point, Preston will come on and, and tell us more about where the cow came from and I don't know, answer, tell stories and stuff. But when I got home, I got this in the email, the headline all the way up at the top. Is it time to outlaw meat? <clears throat> Whether you are an out and proud carnivore worried about the climate impact of your backyard barbecue, or have planted your flag as a vegan, the future of meat matters to you. In today's Daily Dose, we look at what it, what makes us love meat and how it might soon be a thing of the past. And I'm like, wait, what? Boy, good thing I got a freezer full of meat. I was going to say, well, just, just duck that one in time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm just I'm more thinking if uh if Preston comes on that could be the start of a new segment uh who's got a beef with Dwayne and Todd <laughs>
is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. It's available on Incompetech.com under a Creative Commons Attribution License. You can subscribe to Talking to Todd wherever you get your pods. Just search Talking in the number two. No G, no space. You can like our page on Facebook. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can also go to chickendecals.com. That's chickendecals.com, which is Lauren Campbell's website. She is working on some merch for us, mostly stickers. So like, like vinyl stickers that you could like, um, maybe use as a bumper sticker, for example, if you need a talking to Todd bumper sticker. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Or, or, or to put, put on your throw pillow. You could put a, a sticker on your throw pillow. Yes, possibly. I think she also does iron on stuff and maybe some shirts. I don't know. Anyway, well, uh, and, and she's got other stuff that she does too, like decals for your windows and like window clings and things like that to remind people to mask up when they enter your business and, and things like that. So uh, chickendecals.com. Anyway, thanks to Lauren. More to come later. If you like what you heard, you can leave us a voicemail at 515-ALSO-CPA. That's 515-257-6272. You can tweet at us at Talking to Todd. You can always visit us at the Tuba City Home Office. If you can find us, good luck. And the website is TalkingToTodd.com. Thanks to our listeners. Please tell your friends. And as always, you can send your feedback to feedback at TalkingToTodd.com. Todd? I'm just uh, just checking my tracking number here. Ooh, got an update. Nope. Actually, no update. Hey, don't worry. It's still on its way. Uh, got a dream, boy? <laughs> when it absolutely positively has to be there sometime in the next four months. USPS. Yeah, tune in next week. Maybe we'll have another update. Meanwhile, we've been talking to Todd. <laughs> So we're in it. We're in a we're in a tight buck twenty nine. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I'm lo- I'm looking here at the rundown. I mean, you know, you could take out you could take out one of my main points. I mean, you could take out what I was listening. You know, look at this whole thing. You, you know, you know, you can do whatever you want because you know what this episode. You know what there isn't in this episode. What? There's no sacred cows. <laughs> I thought I was the one with the dad jokes. Oh, well played. (laughs) And outtakes. The Premier League is more proactive combating insider training. Insider training? Sure, why not? Insider training. You want to be outside where the weather is. You're on grass. You don't don't train inside. (laughs) It's not negative 18 there. Why would they be inside? It's fine.
down in YouTube hole. And uh, okay, hold on. I, I want to make sure I get this right. I should have done that beforehand, but...